It's January the 13th. Let's read the Bible. Hello, folks. My name is Ray Pritchard. Glad to have you with us on this year-long journey from Genesis to Revelation. We are nearing the end of the book of Genesis. We're in the story of Joseph, who was sold into slavery in the land of Egypt. Now, we're going to pick up the story in Genesis 38, 39, and 40. Genesis 38 is fascinating because it appears to be a digression, but it really isn't. We'll get to that in just a minute. Let me encourage you to go to keepbelieving.com and download the reading guide, the daily guide, the monthly guide, the overview of this whole program so you can read with us and stay up to date. The other thing is I hope you will tell your friends it helps us greatly when you share with your friends and we get more people to hop on the Bible bus as we go through the Bible together. All right, Genesis chapter 38. Without any other introduction, let me just begin to read. At that time, that is at the time, around the time when Joseph was sold into slavery by his brothers at that time. Judah left his brothers and settled near an Adullamite named Hira. There Judah saw the daughter of a Canaanite named Shua. He took her as a wife and slept with her. She conceived and gave birth to a son, and he named him Ur. She conceived again, gave birth to a son, and named him Onan. She gave birth to another son and named him Shelah. It was at Chizib that she gave birth to him. Judah got a wife for Ur, his firstborn, and her name was Tamar. Now Ur, Judah's firstborn, was evil in the Lord's sight, and the Lord put him to death. Then Judah said to Onan, sleep with your brother's wife, perform your duty as her brother-in-law, and produce offspring for your brother. But Onan knew that the offspring would not be his, so whenever he slept with his brother's wife, he released his semen on the ground so that he would not produce offspring for his brother. What he did was evil in the Lord's sight, so he put him to death also. Then Judah said to his daughter-in-law Tamar, remain a widow in your father's house until my son Shelah grows up. For he thought he might die too like his brothers. So Tamar went to live in her father's house. After a long time, Judah's wife, the daughter of Shua, died. When Judah had finished mourning, he and his friend Hira the Adullamite went up to Timnah to his sheep shearers. Tamar was told, your father-in-law was going up to Timnah to shear his sheep. So she took off her widow's clothes, veiled her face, covered herself, and sat at the entrance to Enaim, which is on the way to Timnah. For she saw that, though Shelah had grown up, she had not been given to him as a wife. When Judah saw her, he thought she was a prostitute, for she had covered her face. He went over to her and said, Come, let me sleep with you. For he did not know. She was his daughter-in-law. She said, What will you give me for sleeping with me? I will send you a young goat from my flock, he replied. But she said, Only if you leave something with me until you send it. What should I give you, he asked. She answered, Your signet ring, your cord, and the staff in your hand. So he gave them to her and slept with her. And she became pregnant by him. She got up and left, then removed her veil and put her widow's clothes back on. When Judah 
sent the young goat by his friend, the Adullamite, in order to get back the items he'd left with the woman. He could not find her. He asked the men of the place, where is the cult prostitute who was beside the road at Enaim? There has been no cult prostitute here, they answered. So the Adullamite returned to Judah saying, I couldn't find her. And besides, the men of the place said, there's been no cult prostitute here. Judah replied, let her keep the items for herself. Otherwise, we will become a laughingstock. After all, I did send this young goat, but you couldn't find her. About three months later, Judah was told, your daughter-in-law has been acting like a prostitute. And now she is pregnant. Bring her out, Judah said, and let her be burned to death. As she was being brought out, she sent her father-in-law this message. I am pregnant by the man to whom these items belong. And she added, examine them, whose signet ring, cord, and staff are these. Judah recognized them and said, she is more in the right than I, since I did not give her to my son Shelah. And he did not know her intimately again. When the time came for her to give birth, there were twins in her womb. As she was giving birth, one of them put out his hand and the midwife took it and tied a scarlet thread around it, announcing this one came out first. But he pulled his hand back and then out came his brother. And she said, what a breakout you have made for yourself. So he was named Perez. Then, his brother, who had the scarlet thread tied to his hand, came out and was named Zerah. There's a lot going on there. That's the end of chapter 38. It just shows how messed up the sons of Jacob were. And this is Judah. 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 Judah of the tribe of Judah. Down the road, Jesus is going to come out of this tribe. And this is the founder. This is Judah, the man himself. He's been found out by the Lord. Be sure your sins will find you out. He was right. <laughs> he really well, He really had sinned badly. And we got this little thing here about Perez. Perez, who, who, who broke out. Um, just ding, ding, ding. I don't have really time to say about this, but ding, ding, hold on to that Perez and stay on the Bible bus. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua, Judges. We got to get down to the book of Ruth. And guess what name is going to pop up in the book of Ruth? Remember that story, Ruth? Well, we're going to get to that. Perez. It's going to show up again. It's here in Genesis 38. Just kind of dropped in here. Perez is going to show up again. How God, how God weaves together his plan through, through the the, 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 the treachery and the moral compromise and the, the immorality and all the rest, how God is working through very, very broken and, uh, and disobedient people to accomplish his purposes on the earth. Back to the story of Joseph, chapter 38. We know this story. Now, Joseph had been taken to Egypt, an Egyptian named Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, and the captain of the guards brought him from the Ishmaelites who had brought him there. The Lord was with Joseph, and he became a successful man serving in the household of his Egyptian master. When his master saw that the Lord was with him and the Lord had made everything he did successful, Joseph found favor with his master and became his personal attendant. Potiphar also put him in charge of his household household and placed all that he owned under his authority. 
From the time he put him in charge of his household and of all that he owned, the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house because of Joseph. The Lord's blessing was upon all he owned in his house and in his fields. He left all he owned under Joseph's authority. He did not concern himself with anything except the food he ate. Now, Joseph was well-built and handsome. After some time, his master's wife looked longingly at Joseph and said, sleep with me, but he refused. Look, he said to his master's wife, with me here, my master does not concern himself with anything in his house, and he's put all that he owns under my authority. No one in this house is greater than I am. He has withheld nothing from me except you, because you are his wife. How could I do this immense evil? How could I sin against God? Although she spoke to Joseph day after day, he refused to go to bed with her. Now, one day he went into the house to do his work and none of the household servants were there. She grabbed him by the garment and said, sleep with me. But leaving his garment in her hand, he escaped and he ran outside. When she saw that he had left her garment with her and had run outside, she called her household servants. Look, she said to them, my husband brought a Hebrew man to make fools of us. He came to me so he could sleep with me and I screamed as loud as I could. When he heard me screaming for help, he left his garment beside me and ran outside. She put Joseph's garment beside her until her master came home. Then she told him the same story. The Hebrew slave you brought to us came to make a fool of me. But when I screamed for help, he left his garment beside me and ran outside. When his master heard the story, his wife told him, these are the things your slave did to me. He was furious and had him thrown into prison where the king's prisoners were confined. So Joseph was there in prison. But the Lord was with Joseph in prison and extended kindness to him. He granted him favor with the prison warden. The warden put all the prisoners who were in the prison under Joseph's authority, and he was responsible for everything that was done there. The warden didn't bother with anything under Joseph's authority because the Lord was with him, and the Lord made everything that he did successful. Joseph was a very good man. And Potiphar was like the chief of staff to the Pharaoh. He trusted Joseph so much that he put him in charge of everything. And Joseph turns out to be not just a, a good man, but he was an honorable man and a man of integrity. God was with him. And even when Potiphar's wife tried to seduce him, he, would, he said no. And even when she accused him of, of rape, and had him thrown in prison. Uh, Joseph still trusted in the Lord. Now, verse chapter 40. Let's see what's going to happen. Joseph, Joseph is in prison now, but the hand of God is with him. So what's going to happen? Chapter 40. After this, the, the king of Egypt's cupbearer and baker offended their master, the king of Egypt. Pharaoh was angry with his two officers, the chief cupbearer and the chief baker, and put them in custody in the house of the captain of the guards in the prison where Joseph was confined. The captain of the guards assigned Joseph to them as their personal attendant, and they were in custody for some time. The king of Egypt's cupbearer and baker, who were confined in the prison, each had a 
dream. Both had a dream on the same night, and each dream had its own meaning. When Joseph came to them in the morning, he saw that they looked distraught. So he asked Pharaoh's officers who were in custody with him in his master's house, why do you look so sad today? We had dreams, they said to him, but there's no one to interpret them. Then Joseph said to them, don't interpretations belong to God? Tell me your dreams. So the chief cupbearer told his dream to Joseph. In my dream, there was a vine in front of me. On the vine were three branches. As soon as it budded, its blossoms came out and its clusters ripened in the grapes. Pharaoh's cup was in my hand. I took the grapes, squeezed them into Pharaoh's cup and placed the cup in Pharaoh's hand. This is the interpretation. Joseph said to him, the three branches are three days. In just three days, Pharaoh will lift up your head and restore you to your position. You will put Pharaoh's cup in his hand the way you used to when you were his cupbearer. But when all goes well for you, remember that I was with you. Please show kindness to me by mentioning me to Pharaoh and get me out of this prison. For I was kidnapped from the land of the Hebrews and even here, I have done nothing that they should put me in the dungeon. When the chief baker saw that the interpretation was positive, he said to Joseph, I also had a dream. Three baskets of white bread were on my head. In the top basket were all sorts of baked goods for Pharaoh, but the birds were eating them out of the basket on my head. This is its interpretation. Joseph said, the three baskets are three days. In just three days, Pharaoh will lift up your head from off you and hang you on a tree. Then the birds will eat the flesh from your body. On the third day, which was Pharaoh's birthday, he gave a feast for all of his servants. He elevated the chief cupbearer and the chief baker among his servants. Pharaoh restored the chief cupbearer to his position as cupbearer and he placed the cup in Pharaoh's hand. But Joseph hanged the chief baker just as Joseph had explained to them. Yet the chief cupbearer did not remember Joseph. He forgot him. Isn't that just the way life is? Joseph is running into trouble everywhere. He's hated by his brothers. He's thrown into the pit. He's sold to the Ishmaelites. He's sold into slavery. He's, uh, they try, Potiphar's wife tries to seduce him. He's falsely accused. He's thrown into prison. He gives the interpretation. He asks the chief cupbearer to remember him. And now Joseph is languishing in prison a long way from home, apparently completely forgotten, but God, but God. I've told you before, be of good cheer. God knows what he's doing when we don't have a clue. God knows the future. He's got a plan when nothing around us makes sense. You've got to come back tomorrow because we're going to see, you just won't believe what happens next in this story. So go out and have a great day. Be encouraged, folks. Come back tomorrow morning. We're going to do this again. God bless.